The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. everybody it is sam jesse i'm here with the final well potentially final installment of behind enemy lines for the 2023 season as the Hokies take on the wahoos in charlottesville in the commonwealth cup i am joined by who's mr who's at who's football on twitter you've probably seen him around there but you might know him more from message board genius uh if you've been on twitter and have not if you're not following message board genius you need to uh, just can you talk a little bit about, about that account, how it came to be and what it is? Because I find it to be one of the most entertaining things on social media right now. Yeah, so absolutely. So to, just to clarify, I'm not nearly creative or smart enough to come up with that account myself. So it's a, uh, a buddy of mine who runs it, who's actually a Utah State fan. And I got to know him on Twitter uh, probably about two years ago. And um, the account is, I agree with you, it's its one of the, my probably two or three favorites on Twitter, along with uh, three-year letterman and Sicko's committee. And um, so he and I were just brainstorming with uh, another friend of ours and decided to start a podcast, which we started, <clears throat> excuse me, about a year ago, where um, we go through just, you know, the four or five most unhinged message board posts from the previous week. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, but yeah, I, I wish I had the, uh, you know, genius in me to come up with that, but I, I can't take credit for it. I'm just uh, one of the main hosts of the podcast. How do you scour all of these message boards weekly? Because that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. Yeah. So what's funny is um, it, it, people send him a large majority of the ones that he ends up posting. He spends a lot of time, as do all of us, um, you know, going through the message boards because, um, there's just so much insanity out there. And frankly, there are a few message boards that are better than others. There, there are some that, uh, we end up discussing, you know, several times a month. Um, but he, I know we call him MBG for message board genius. Um, he has a lot of people, including people in the sports media industry and some pretty big names who, um, will DM him, uh, things that they find on the message board. So that's, they, I, I think he gets probably about half of them that way. And then the other ones are things that he he's he's a very thorough guy. So he, sp- he spends a lot of time coming through and looking for this stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it is. Give it a follow. Um, if, if you haven't, it is incredibly entertaining. Um, so let's let's start a bit about you. Uh, obviously, you're a Wahoo through and through. What is your connection to the university and the, the football program? Yeah, so um, I wish I could tell you how I became a UVA fan. So I've, I wanted to go there from the time I was eight years old. Um, by all rights, I should have been, I grew up in Maryland, so I should have either been a Maryland fan or um, my dad's family is from southeastern West Virginia. My mother's fam- family is from southwest Virginia. 
and um, far more Hokey fans in my family uh, than UVA fans. So I'm not sure how I didn't end up becoming a Maryland or Virginia Tech fan, um, but it started young and uh, it, you know, there's no going back at this point. <laughs> um, I, I, it's the only place I applied to for undergrad. So I went there for undergrad. Um, I taught high school for a few years and I went back to UVA for law school. So I'm, I'm fully entrenched in that place. Um, and then as, you know, as far as the football program goes, um, I'm an older guy. So when I was there for undergrad was really probably the, the glory years of our programs. We, you know, we won 10 games my junior year. Uh, you know, my fourth year, we were ranked number one for a few weeks. Uh, we went to two New Year's, two New Year's bowl games when I was an undergrad. Um, so, it was, you know, it was a lot of fun. And then when I went back for law school, it was the very end of the George Welsh era. So we were, we were good again. I mean, we had, you know, guys like uh, Anthony Poindexter and Thomas Jones and Aaron Brooks and, um, you know, a lot of guys who were great college players and went on to have, you know, really good pro careers. And, um, and that was, you know, back when the rivalry was still, uh, it was pretty competitive. I think undergrad, we won three out of four. I think in law school, I think you guys probably got us two out of three, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so, yeah, so it was, um, you know, a combination of I love the school and um, we were good, which, you know, so I went to a lot of games and uh, you know how this goes. Once it's in your blood, uh, <laughs> you can't give it up. So it's been a lifelong passion of mine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of I think especially, you know, younger, especially, you know, students who are at Virginia Tech right now, but then as well, younger Virginia Tech fans or people who are just newer to Virginia Tech football might not understand. UVA football, especially in that in the 90s, 80s, um, and then even in the early 2000s, very good team. Uh, they were they reached number one a couple times in the 90s. Um, early 2000s was a very good team. The, the Matt Schaub teams were pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, there was a there was a span there of about 10 to 15 years where Tech UVA was a very very important game on a on a national scale because again they weren't in the same conference. At the time, it was UVA was in the ACC, uh, Virginia Tech in the Big East for kind of that that window of I guess it was almost 15 years. So, you know, this rivalry, it there was a time of people are a couple of generations older than us. It was always two usually ranked football teams playing against each other. It's really only been in the last 10 years that that UVA and, and quite frankly Virginia Tech as well have kind of started to slide a bit more on the national scale. So, but let's talk a little bit about. Charlottesville. And I think most Hokie fans can agree. And I will attest to this as someone who spent a lot of time working uh, in Charlottesville on, on college football Saturdays a few years ago, an awesome town, a great town in the fall. It's gorgeous, super fun. What are some of your favorite spots in Charlottesville? Yeah. So um, it's, it's changed so much, obviously, since I was there, you know, both for undergrad and for law school. Um, and one thing that, that sucks about getting old is some of your favorite places uh, go away sometimes. So, so uh, if we're talking about places to like eat and drink and hang out, I mean, I, I love St. Martin's um, was, you know, a place that I have a ton of good memories at and, and some, some not so great ones. It's funny. Uh, one of the most ridiculous nights I had there was it was the very end of the Al Groh era when I think it was our season opener in 2009 and we lost to William and Mary in a night game. I think it was a season opener. And I was there with a bunch of my buddies from undergrad and we'd been out of school for a long time at that point. And we walked over to St. Martin's and ran up, I think it was like a $750 bar bill in about two hours. So 
It's uh, it's not, those are the nights, even though, you know, the game sucked. It's one of those nights that uh, you remember and you talk about, the, you know, with your stupid friends the rest of your life. Um, but, you know, going back now, I, I, I first of all, just want to say I love Charlottesville and everything about it. Uh, if I can figure out a way to get back there, um, you know, some somewhere down the road, I'm going to. Um, it's just it's a wonderful place. And, and frankly, I love Blacksburg. I know a lot of uh, UVA fans don't like to admit that. Um, and just to go back to your earlier point, um, nor do they like to admit that the rivalry is more fun when both teams are good. Um, but, you know, hopefully we get back to that place. Um, as far as current places. Two very similar. No, 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 yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's just more fun. Like you said, when both teams are ranked, we're playing for something at, at the end of the year. Um, it just adds even more to it. It doesn't mean, I mean, it's always going to be a passionate rivalry on both sides, but um, when the stakes are higher, I think it just makes it more fun. Um, you know, as far as places now, uh, I'm at the age where if I show up to a bar in the corner, I think, you know, some people are going to assume I'm there to pick up my drunk kid. But um, if, we're, <laughs> if my buddies and I are going somewhere, uh, it's probably to either Trinity or upstairs at Boylan, um, you know, are both great. I can tell you, I have a lot of uh, my friends from undergrad are in Richmond and um, they love Whiskey Jar. Uh, that was the place that they, a bunch of them have talked about. So um, I don't get back there enough, but, uh, you know, when I do, like I said, it's just, it, it still feels like home after all these years. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. A, it's a fun spot. I'll be at Boylan Heights before the game on Saturday, watching Michigan and Ohio state should be a fun time. Uh, let's, let's go to a little bit more football here because Virginia tech UVA both, I think over the past, you know, let's call it decade, uh, have struggled to reach what I would say is is the ceiling, the potential. Both get new coaches the same year. Virginia Tech bring in Brent Pry. Brent Pry has a few more wins on the docket than Tony Elliott, but I wouldn't say either has blown the doors off of the job so far. I mean, there's still a lot to prove. What does Tony Elliott need to do to get UVA back to a six and six, seven and six team consistently? That can every now and again have a year like 2019 where they they kind of punch above their weight and have a big player like Bryce Perkins. Yeah, so um, I, I think the main thing that we have to get better at right now is recruiting. I mean, obviously, um, you know, our our class is not rated very high. It doesn't mean um, that he hasn't brought in some great players. I think one thing that he's shown, and we can talk about this in, in a bit, is um, you know clearly he has guys on his staff who are good at identifying young talent. I think that's one thing that's become apparent this year. Uh, but having said that, um, I mean, I think to get better, I, I think we're at a deficit personnel wise in a lot of matchups right now. And so whether it's uh, recruiting high school or through the portal, uh, I kind of throw all that under one umbrella these days because they're two different things, but it's, you know, it's about talent infusions. I think that's, um, something that we have to continue to work on and get better at. And I think Pry's done a good job of that. Um, and then, and this is, this, I'll mention that second thing, this isn't a Tony Elliott thing, but, um, you know, NIL, I think we just have to uh, be in a position to at least be competitive because, you know, we've, like I said, we've got some exciting young guys on our roster. We, we can't end up being essentially a farm team for bigger programs where, you know, you find a diamond in the rough who comes in and kills it. You get, you know, two years, three years out of them, and then they move on. Um, I think it's uh, it's difficult to, to sustain um, a program when that's happening. So I think, you know, that's obviously not just a Tony Elliott thing. That's a, 
a school-wide thing that we've got to get a handle on. But I think there there are a lot of schools, you know, in, in the same boat. I think the the current era of recruiting is just so different than it was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, that it, it's you've got to have a coaching staff who can adapt and, you know, um, kind of work well in this new universe we're in. And so I'm hope, hoping we have the right people in place to do that. Yeah, I would say Brent Pry is kind of in the same boat. Um, the the roster he inherited was, I mean, not to be you know disrespectful to any of the guys, but there was a lot of guys who probably weren't high-level college football players on that team. By a lot, I mean probably half of them. Um, they are more talented this year, but you know, as Brent Price said himself last year and said before this season, we have some good players. We need more. And I think in the world of transfer portal, fans a lot of times expect complete roster overhaul overnight. And that doesn't really work. You might end up like Colorado, where you have a few superstar players that are really good, but when it gets down to the nitty gritty and the weather gets a little colder, uh, you get kind of exposed. And it takes a while to to build up a roster. I think both coaches could probably have done better by this point, but still, um, there, there's a long way to go for both. You, you yeah, talked was, a bit about the world of recruiting. Go. I was just going to say, yeah, it was not by any means a, a one-year uh, job or overhaul for either of them. I think I think both no. of them inherited programs um, for for different reasons, but um, inherited programs that required a pretty decent rebuild. And so, you know how it goes. I mean, uh, meeting the just kind of uh, standard fans expectations for any new coaching staff isn't easy and because those expectations are unrealistic a lot of times um and certainly listen virginia tech fans are you know expect even more than uva fans so um i've i've seen almost universally positive reviews of pry but i also know you know uh, there's been a little bit of inconsistency and people have you know not been happy about that but it's it's not a it's not a two-year job it's probably more like a three to five year job for both of them I'd agree wholeheartedly on that. And you, you talked about the new world of recruiting. It's kind of a new world of everything for college football right now. And, and the main discourse over the offseason and a bit during the season as well has been about conference realignment and kind of the consolidation of college football, mostly to the SEC and the Big Ten. And I've asked everybody I've had on about this. Where does UVA stand in this new world of college football? And how do you feel about UVA football going forward? So it's uh, the fu- it's funny. The two extremes are, um, and to be clear, I like Virginia Tech. I follow a bunch of Virginia Tech accounts. I've got a lot of really good friends who went there. So none of this is me dumping on Virginia Tech. This is me dumping on the uh, the irrational Virginia Tech fans, which is a, a small a small portion of the fan base. But from that portion of the fan base, what I've seen is uh, no one wants UVA. Our program sucks. We're going to get left out in the cold. At the other other extreme. You know, I see these um, accounts, and I'm sure you've seen these on Twitter, these uh, so-called experts who have hot takes on, you know, where every team is going to go, you know, every few days. And it's one of those things where if we throw out enough stuff, you're going to be right eventually. And, you know, some of them are saying, well, you know, UVA is one of the top targets for the SEC. I I think both of those things are probably unrealistic. I think it's, as usual, the truth is somewhere in between. I don't think we're a take for the SEC. I just, I don't think it's a good fit um, for a bunch of reasons. Um, You know, football will be a huge uphill battle for us. Um, I think it'd be, for some things, it would be great, like baseball and basketball. I think Mm -hmm. it would be super fun. Um, I think we are much more likely 
if the ACC uh, implodes to end up in the Big Ten. I think that's probably the best fit, um, you know, academically. I think it's, you know, football, it would be tough, but I, I think less tough than the SEC. Um, and then, you know, the, the wild card to me is obviously we've had a lot of success with um, non-revenue sports. And, mm-hmm. I'm you know, in some ways that's what I'm most interested in to see how that is going to shake out because I don't think either of those conferences is a is a perfect fit all the way down the line for those. So I don't, I don't know how that works. Um, I think in the, in the big 10, um, we can, we can be, I'm putting this in quotes, competitive. Um, I don't think the Delta between the big 10 and the ACC, uh, the SEC is down a little bit this year, but overall um, there are a lot of teams in the big 10 that if we improve, we can be competitive with. And frankly, for me, as someone who grew up in Maryland and I'm, I live in Baltimore now, um, you know, I miss the Maryland, Virginia, Rivalry mm-hmm. in some ways. That's um, you know, back in the day after Virginia Tech, Maryland was you know yep. our biggest rival. So um, I think that would be fun for us to get back to. But man, who the hell knows? I, I, I see I see these stuff every day about how this is going to shake out, and I, I finally decided I'm just going to sit back and wait and see what happens because I, I you know any educated guess that I make is going to end up being wrong. I'm sure. I remember talking to the guys from Purdue a couple months ago when, when we did this and I asked them, you know, Hey, Purdue basketball school, all of these decisions are being made about football. Does that feel you know, kind of weird? How do you, how do you deal with, you know, being a basketball school in a football world? And they were like, look, with this new big 10, bringing in Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA, we've basically come to the understanding that Purdue will never win a big 10 title in football, right? They will never be a top half program. And there's really nothing they can do about it. But on the other hand, you now have the financial resources to dominate in basketball, the sport. Yep. And I think, you know, you talked about UVA in the Olympic sports. I think the ACC is, is quite frankly, now that the Pac-12 is gone, the ACC is by far the best Olympic sport conference. Um, and I'd even throw baseball and softball in there as well. I, I think ACC baseball is just as good as the SEC. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say basketball-wise and money-wise, it would be good to move to different conference, but for a school like UVA, it's or North Carolina, I think falls into that boat as well. It's like, man, we what happens to our our soccer teams? What happens to you know baseball is is huge. You don't want to play in the Big Ten for baseball, like no. you, that would be, <laughs> be terrible for UVA. It'd be bad for Virginia Tech in a, in a program that they're they're building a really good job of. So those those kind of those nuances with it are are interesting. It'll it'll be fine, most likely it'll all go back to how it was in like the early 2000s with a bunch of regional conferences um somehow some way it'll end that, that's there. what it's funny you said it'll be fine because that's what i just keep telling myself like i'm at an age where i can't worry about <laughs> stuff like this you know what i mean i'm like i'll be all right whatever whatever happens like you know i think we'll we'll continue to be good in a lot of the sports we're good at and you know if we can uh eventually get back to where we're you know in the you know six to nine wins a year um you know uh, kind of category that I'm good with that. You know, we, like six, seven, eight wins every once in a while we win nine, um, which is a little easier to do now when you're, you know, playing 13 or, you know, 14 games a year, potentially. Um, I'm, I'm good with all that, but I, like you said, it's just, there's no perfect fit for all those sports. And so um, I'm just going to assume that people who are smarter than I am are going to be able to figure that out. Yeah. I'm a little bit more worried about Saturday. 
Bay and you know establish establishing the line of scrimmage on Saturday, things like that. I can't think about TV contracts with the SEC right, right now. Uh, <laughs> exactly. This episode of the Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by the River Course. And look, we talk about greatness all the time. And when you talk about golf, Pebble Beach, Augusta, Bandon Dunes, dare I say Shinnecock, the River Course sits squarely in the middle of this conversation. A top 10 college course in America, according to Golf Digest, and the home for the For Those to Come golf tournament. And look, if you head on down there and you mention Sons of Saturday, we got some hookups for you. 50% off appetizers. Who doesn't like appetizers? 10% off of headwear and apparel at the golf shop. I mean, get yourself a new outfit. Feel good. Look good. Play good. And the cream of the crop. New annual student memberships will receive a free cart fee. And new adult memberships will receive a free foursome plus a complimentary lunch the river course unparalleled greatness unparalleled beauty nestled right in southwest virginia let's get back to a bit about the because i do think it's really interesting for two arch rivals to hire a new coach on the same year like that's i don't know of how many times that that's happened across the country i'm sure it has how do you feel about tony elliott as we sit here ending uh which will be the last game of year two for tony elliott and then on the other side, how do you feel? What do you see about Brent Pry and what will be potentially his last game of year, his year two? So, yeah, the starting point with with us is um, we're three and eight. So you kind of are what your record says you are, right? Um, but I do think, uh, you know, for us in particular, and I don't want to beat the same drum that everyone has because everyone knows, you know, the stuff that's happened. But there's there's no first time power five coach who had a more difficult first year than Tony Elliott. I mean, there's just, there's no way. And yeah. I think, um, yeah, like putting the football stuff aside, I, I really like him. I think he's handled it with grace. Um, I think he has been a great spokesperson for the program. I think by all accounts, I've got some really good friends, you know, or Clemson fans and they all love him. They all talk about what a stand up guy he is. And so, um, you know, and all that stuff is important to me. I know, um, you know, different things are important to different people, but um, all, all that stuff I just talked about is really important to me. Um, you know, and I think the other thing too is, you know, we lost a lot of talent after, after last year um, and frankly, after Bronco left. And so, you know, in some ways he we're almost in a more, I think, difficult position this year than we were at the start of last year. And despite that, um, the main thing that I've tried to focus on, and I think a lot of people have noticed is, a huge improvement in how we look this year versus last year. And we've had seven one score games, you know, we're two and five in those games, but a couple of those, like the JMU game, we should have won. Um, so if you, you know, if we get that win and one of the other, I think we have four games that we lost by three points or less, you know, let's, let's say we split those, um, you know, all of a sudden we've got five wins instead of three, this season looks a lot different. Um, so that's not an excuse obviously, but it's, um, to me, it's progress. And, you know, a perfect example is if you look at our game against Duke last year, um, you know, we were, that game was over at halftime. They just, they boat raced us. And, you know, this year we, we hung in and um, that was a good win for us. I know it was their backup quarterback, but, you know, technically it's our backup quarterback too. I had a lot of Duke fans coming at me saying, oh, you know, whatever, you beat our backup. I'm like, look, man, I'll, I'll take whatever, whatever wins we can get. I don't care. I, I, tell, I tell everybody on this show, 
never apologize for wins. Do no. not apologize. I don't make excuses for losses either. You know what I mean? So like, I'm definitely taking whatever wins we get. I'm, I'm definitely going to take them. Um, I think, I think Tony Elliott has done. Oh man. Yeah. I was on with um, AJ Black from Boston College. Oh, sorry. I was, I was, uh, when I was talking with AJ Black from Boston College, he was like, I, we're beating UConn by seven points. I don't care. We're winning. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly. Um, so there, there are some things I think uh, Elliot has done really, really well. I think um, he worked the portal well. Um, you know, obviously for a three and eight team to have two above average quarterbacks is a pretty remarkable thing um, because Musket has been very good. Um, and then, you know, obviously getting Malik Washington out of the portal, that dude has been a revelation. Um, I mean, he's, you know, I was in school and Herman Moore, was there and um, he is the gold standard for UVA receivers. But I mean, this Washington this year has easily had the second best uh, season receiving I've seen in my time as a UVA fan. He's killed it every week. Um, and, um, you know, so that's been fun to watch. I think um, I mentioned this earlier. I think Elliott staff has done a really good job of identifying, um, you know, we don't have a lot of highly rated guys, but, I mean, listen, you know, Calandria, Cam Robinson, Dre Walker, we've got some ballers who are young guys and getting significant experience early on, um, you know, who could be, I think all three of those guys could be great down the road. And um, in some ways, the most important thing to me for Elliot is, you know, with all the adversity uh, that I mentioned, and then we've had a lot of injuries this year. The big thing that stuck out to me is we're, we're playing hard. I mean, you know, like the Louisville game, we get down 14 early. I think a year ago we lose that game by, you know, four scores probably. And we battled back. And, you know, frankly, I think we that's a game we could have won if some things had broken a little differently. So, you know, to, to have a young team uh, with a lot of injuries who's gone through a lot of adversity and still battle as hard as they have, I think I think that is a testament to to him and his staff. Um and then as for Pry, I think, um, I mean, there are a bunch of positives. I think, I think um, he bring, he is exactly the kind of guy that Virginia Tech fans love, right? I mean, he just, he, that guy screams football coach. And I, I think that he's a great fit for you all. I think he's, um, I mean, he's recruited better than Elliot has so far. Um, there have been, um, you know, a couple of, two things that have stuck out to me this year. And, and one of them, I can't really, well, actually neither of them can I really speak to, but just things that um, I noticed. I was, I mean, watching you all now versus when Wells was starting, um, I'm just not sure why Wells was the guy early on. Um, you know, my understanding is he, he looks really good in practice and maybe it doesn't carry over, but um, I, I think you all potentially left, you know, a win or two on the table um, you know, if drones had been the guy from the start. Um, and, and you guys have been a little bit more inconsistent this year than I'm used to. Um, but again, what I've seen from last year is I, I think you all look better. You look more athletic. Um, I think you have more talent. And so I don't think there's any question he's got you all headed in the right direction. I think for Pry, this weekend's game is probably more important than it is for Elliot, only because I mean, for Elliot, if if we go four and eight, but we beat UNC Duke and you guys, I hear a lot of people. I mean, this is kind of sad, but there are a lot of UVA fans who are going to be like, "All right, I'll take that." Right? Whereas, um, you know, there's a big difference between going five and seven and losing your first game to UVA than if you guys win and you're six and six and you got a chance to 
go out and get a seventh win in a bowl game. So, um, you know, I don't think this game is by any means um, a statement on whether this season has been successful for Pry, but I think for some fans, just the optics of the difference between five wins and potentially seven wins is that seems pretty big. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Yeah, it's is I is it a little unfair to to stake success versus failure on on Saturday's game? Probably, but at the end of the day, like six and six was, I think, the goal that the program kind of set for itself this year, mm-hmm. and it was kind of the expectation. And you know, when you fail to achieve your, when you don't achieve your goals, they call it failing to reach your goals. They don't call it succeeding yet failing to reach your right, goals. Right. So like, <laughs> it's, I, I mean, it's the biggest game of, of his coaching career at Virginia Tech Absolutely. by far. Yep. And it, I don't see them having a bigger game until late down the road next season. So, I mean, this is, this is, this is the biggest game that they've had under Pry. Um, you know, that being said, this team didn't, didn't have a lot of expectations outside of Blacksburg, Virginia, <laughs> you know? No. So I, I I think the team is definitely better. The roster is definitely better. Um, It's a young team. They are inconsistent. I think, you know, they – did they make a mistake starting Wells at the start of the season? Maybe. I mean, we weren't at those practices from everything that we heard from people who were at those practices. It it wasn't close. Wells was the better quarterback. Um, It's just he struggles in game. Um, that's, that's just it. So, uh, we will see how things go on Saturday. We'll see. I mean, the team could definitely use the bowl practices. I'll tell you that, um, they really do need some extra practice. So that would be, that would be huge. It's a, it's a big game for you guys. I mean, and I, I agree with you. It's not by big game. I mean, if you win and you're bowl eligible, like you said, getting those extra practices, um, is huge for a young team. And so it, it, you know, just putting a bigger picture than just where, whether this is a successful season for Pry, just going forward, as far as team building, I think it could be huge. And then I, I tell you what'll be interesting to me is just what the expectations are. Because I think, I think Pry has you all on a trajectory where you're going to get back to, you know, winning, you know, seven, eight, nine games a year relatively soon. I think um, what's going to be interesting for me is I know there are a lot of Virginia Tech fans who want to get back to 10 or 11 wins a year. And, and I under, totally understand that, but it's just, it's, that's, that jump is a lot harder now than it was, you know, back when you all were doing that every year uh, for that, you know, whatever, 10 or 11 year uh, span. Yeah. So I think that it's going to be interesting for me to see how those expectations shift over time. Um, but for right now, I think, I think it seems pretty clear. He's got you guys on the right trajectory. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tougher now than it was when Beamer was doing it in the, from basically, you know, from 95 to like 2012, yep. you know, the, the sport has changed so much since then, but on the other side, it has maybe been a little bit easier to fill some gaps in your roster. 
And if you build up the recruiting base and all, and you use the portal well, you can kind of fill those gaps pretty easily. Whereas, you know, 10 years ago, you just kind of had to suck it up if you had a really bad offensive line, you know, and, and now you can maybe address that. So it'll be interesting to see what the expectations are for next year. Um, most of the team should return. And by most of the team, I mean the players who play actually right. should return. So it'll, it'll be very interesting to see the trajectory of both of these programs uh, next year. Cause the ACC is going to be, you think it's wide open this year. It's going to be very wide open next year. Let's talk about this game real quick. As we wrap up, it'll be at three 30 in Charlottesville. I'll be there. It'll be a little bit chilly. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think I'll just say this from a, from a tech standpoint, Calandria is the exact type of quarterback that would go off against Virginia tech just historically. However, UVA is the exact type of team that Virginia tech has beat up on this year. Yep. <laughs> um, you, those so are the two, the two main talking points right there. <laughs> I can, I can be on both sides of the spectrum right here. Like UV, like this is a classic spot for UVA to win this game. And they have that quarterback wide receiver combo that terrifies me. On the other hand, this team is a is a lot like Syracuse or a lot like Wake Forest or a lot like Pitt. Like if Tech cannot get beat up on the line of scrimmage, they can win a game by 30. Right. And UVA is not very good on the line of scrimmage. And so I I can see I can see both sides of this game, um, to be honest. But Tony Elliott. I believe he said today, and I, this is probably more gamesmanship than anything, that they'll figure out um, in a couple of days here the starting quarterback because Musket might be coming back. I well, can't imagine. You will see. I, I just I don't see how. Um, I, I don't. I think Calandra is going to start, I, and I have no inside information. It's funny people always think I'm connected. I've got some connections in the program, but nothing where I have any inside information. Um, and I, I just I think. Um, I'll be very surprised if Calandria doesn't start. I think um, one of the biggest wild cards, and, and you hit the nail on the head, is going to be if uh, Bowley is healthy enough to play because he's been our best offensive lineman all year. And um, our offensive line has been uh, – they played well last week. Um, but that's – and they played well against North Carolina. They've had some good games recently. But that's been, I think, our, our biggest struggle on offense is you've you've got to give Calandria time. Um and he's a young guy. I mean, he it's you know he makes big plays in bunches, but if you get pressure on him, um, and you can get him, you know, kind of trying to make too many plays, he can make mistakes in bunches too. So I think um, he. It sounds silly and um, like an oversimplification to say the quarterback is the key to the game, but I I do think however he goes is going to be how our team goes. And so if you all can pressure him into making some mistakes. Um, I think you've got a good chance to win if if he gets out there, you know, is running those quarterback draws. He's he's dropping the stanky leg on defenders like he likes to do, um, and getting uh, he gets a team hyped up. You know, if that happens, um, I think it could be a good game. And frankly, I think either way, I do think it's going to be close. Um, I think the line is I think you all are favored by three. I think the over under is yeah. like fifty three, maybe. Um, I, I think I don't think there are going to be. And I'm, a, by the way, I'm a notoriously terrible sports better. Um, okay. <laughs> but if, if I had to guess, I would take the under. I don't, I don't see that many points getting scored. Um, 
Yeah, and I think I, I, I think the game's going to be close. I mean, we're I think we're eight and three against the spread this year. Um, some of those spreads have been big, um, mm-hmm. you know. But the Duke the Duke spread was was pretty low. Um, so I, I think it's going to be close. And I, the one thing I would look for is um, something weird happens in this game every year, right? Yeah. And so I'm just hoping the weird thing happens to you guys this year, and not us. That, that's that's my main my main hope for this game. Yeah, I don't. It'll be really. It'll it'll be really difficult, I think, for it, it I think it'll be difficult for UVA to stop Virginia Tech mm-hmm. if Virginia Tech come shows up to play, which sounds dumb. But the tech's issue, especially offensively this year, has been sometimes they just don't show up. Um last week against NC State, Tech just didn't show up, didn't start playing until the third quarter. Does Virginia Tech show up for this game? And that sounds crazy. It's a rivalry game, you need it to win a bowl, but They've, they've had those moments this year, and I think if they don't show up and UVA makes some plays quick, it could be an uphill battle for Virginia Tech. And you know, quite frankly, not only is the team of Virginia Tech very young, the coaching staff is very young. You have an offensive coordinator who's only in his second year ever being an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator who's in his first year ever calling defensive plays. You know, it's This is a coaching staff that is also learning on the fly a bit. And last week, they, they just flat out got outcoached by NC State. I mean, to flat out was bad. It was very, very obvious as well. So not only do the players need to show up, the coaching staff needs to show up. I think if that happens, the Hokies have the advantage where you should have an advantage in order to win a football game. Um, So I feel good if Virginia Tech shows up, but if they don't, UVA has got some playmakers, man. And um, you you never know what can happen. Like you said, something crazy always happens. Um, It's going to be something weird is going to happen. There's going to be pushing and shoving. Uh, there's going to be a weird ACC ref moment. Yeah, <laughs> at least one, right? I mean, <laughs> at least one. You got to hit the quota, right? Hopefully, we're not throwing the ball to our offensive linemen or anything this year. Just, I hope it's not an self-inflicted uh, weirdness. It is. That's my hope. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, I've gone on record with this uh, a couple of times already. So you know, I will never predict that we're going to lose publicly. That'll never happen. So I'm I'm going 24-21. Who's <laughs> Um, okay. but I, I think, I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, and, uh, you know, either way it's, I, I fully enjoy, I know some people don't love it, but like, you know, on Twitter after the game, all the trash talking, all that stuff, it's fun, man. Like people need to talk, not take this stuff so seriously. Like we all have friends at, at the other school. Um, most of us have family members at the other school. It's all fun. So, uh, if, if you guys beat us, I, I will, I'll stand in the paint and take my beating on Twitter. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing about this rivalry that is um enjoyable i think is you know i have family who went to uva i have friends who went to uva and vice versa um you know i've i've done my fair share of partying at uva i've been to you I, I i worked at uva football games for a bit so uh when the Hokies weren't playing i was up there so it, it's it's enjoyable to go with family and friends and, and enjoy the game uh should be a really fun one this week. I got Hokies 31-20, uh, just hitting the under right there. I, I think the difference is Tech is just able to run the ball. And then, um, you know, I think Kyron Drones, Basial Tootin, who was a little beat up last week, should be a little fresher this week. I, I think that that running combo will, will give UVA some some issue, and that will be the difference. Yep. I could, I listen, I could see either one of those outcomes. Obviously, one of them I'd be much more happy with, but um, at least we both got the under. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm right for once. <laughs> On one of these, both got the end. Hey, some we can both work for, right? right?
All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining again. It's at who who's football on Twitter. That's at who's football. And also give message board genius a follow. It is an incredible piece of content. Thank you so much. We will uh, maybe talk to you during basketball season here. Uh, it's, we'll it's be coming. around, man. Yeah, yep. UVA got a a a perfect UVA win tonight over West Virginia. West Virginia, yeah. I believe yep. it was fifty-seven, fifty-five. So we, um, yeah, we that's disgusting. <laughs> Again, never apologize for wins. That's like, no, I love it. I, the the ugly defensive battles, I'm all in. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time tonight. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and your time with family this weekend. I appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, I'm a toy that you love, yeah.